Hi, you're listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I am a self-image coach and empowerment coach with a decade-long background in working in the health, fitness, and nutrition industry. If you're anything like I was or the way that my clients currently are, then you might be struggling with body image issues, self-image issues, or issues with confidence. You might be trying to figure out why you can't take the ideas that you have for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life and turn them into lifelong actions. So join me in this podcast as we dive in deep on topics of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. We're going to look from the perspective of an authentic and empowering mindset and from self-awareness, self-love, and of course, how we can start taking authentic self-action towards living that healthy and fulfilling life that you know you're here to live. I'm going to bust through some of the illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way and offer you confidence and clarity. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. So the only question is, are you ready to find out how you can start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hello, hello everyone. Good morning. Well, here in Switzerland, it's morning. Um, And I am recording this podcast for you guys right now on New Year's Eve. So welcome, everybody that is new, um, and everybody who's been listening to me since episode one. We're now on episode number six. Um, Welcome to the podcast. This is the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. Um, So it's New Year's Eve. It's an exciting time for everyone. We're about to start a new year. 2021 is right around the corner. And so I have two things that I want to talk to you about today. The first one um, I'm just going to talk about briefly, which is New Year's resolutions. And then the second part, what I really want to talk to you all about today is um, dealing with uh, the topic of, of exercising and how a lot of how I see a lot of people beginning their journey into their healthiest life. It's usually around this time of year that everyone's creating a lot of goals for themselves and their health and how they're living their life. So that's why I want to talk about this this morning with you guys is because this time of year, I think, is the most important time of year to bring up this subject. And so I've kind of held on to this topic. Um, I spoke with my Facebook group about it actually a few weeks ago, and then I wanted to put it into a podcast, and I decided New Year's would be the best time to release this topic in a podcast for you all to listen to. So, let's dive right in. Okay, first thing I want to talk about, New Year's resolutions. And what I want to say is that New Year's resolutions aren't something that I really participate in. But I don't want you guys to get the idea that I think that starting a new goal in the beginning of a new year is a bad thing. And there are some reasons why I I don't participate in, in New Year's resolutions, and we're going to talk about those here in a second. But it has to do with, with inauthenticity. And I'm a person that I, I teach my clients, I teach everybody, and I, I live as, as much as I can a life of authenticity. And so for me, doing an, uh, creating a New Year's resolution feels very inauthentic. And the reason why is because I can start a goal anytime during the year. I can, I can want to reach something, want to go for something, want to create some sort of change, and go after that, create a, a starting point to that journey at any point in time during my year. So for me, I don't wait until New Year's to do it. And I feel like starting on New Year's is more of an expectation that people have, that someone's going to have a New Year's resolution. So I avoid reaching for those sort of external expectations to be the validation for me starting a goal. And so that's what I want to talk to you all about today. I'm not going to say if you have a a genuine desire right now to start changing something in your life, to start living your healthiest life, I am by no means trying to, to convince you not to do it. So if you want to start on a goal right now, there are some things that I want you to be careful of. Um, and 
the first thing that I want you to be careful of is that you are not seeking external approval to begin your goal. Okay? So here's the reason why. When we are when we when we start resolutions at the new year, it's it's a time when everybody is doing it, right? And so it, it's almost like for us, it becomes socially acceptable that at this time of year, it's okay for me to have a goal for myself and begin it. And what I want you to pay attention to there is why it is that you needed to wait for that feeling of external validation that it's okay to begin on a goal right now. And I'm not saying that everybody that starts at the beginning of the year feels that pressure, but a lot of people do. Most people do. And even a lot of people that say that they don't, it's just because it's a new year, fresh start. When I really get into talking to them about why they're starting the goal now, usually what we get to is that there was. There there was something in the background lingering there that was keeping them waiting for this socially acceptable time to begin a goal. So I want you to really be honest with yourselves there and look look at that. Why is it that you're choosing now to start that goal? And that's not to say that you can't start it now, but I want you to be aware of that desire for that external validation to allow yourself to begin that goal because that is important to know. Okay, that's a very important piece of information to know. And when you dive into mindset work and trying to figure out why we're creating our goals, what our authentic goals are, it's really important to know these kinds of pieces of information. Like, why, what is it that we are using to currently motivate ourselves and why is it not working? Okay, so the reason, main reason why I don't like beginning goals at the new year is because it sort of gives us this idea that we have to wait for a certain time of year to begin our goals. And so the beginning of the goal is already not authentic. And then because we're already in a cycle of being dishonest with ourselves of why we're starting the goal and why it's okay to start it now, and it wasn't okay to start it when we actually wanted to start the goal, or if we don't actually want to start it now, maybe we want to start it later, but we feel like we have to start it now because it's New Year's and that's when everyone starts their goals, right? So we're already starting with the goal in a cycle of dishonesty. And this doesn't serve us because when we're not honest with ourselves and others, then our journey lacks confidence, intention, and direction. And the reason why is because when we're not authentic with ourselves, with why we're starting the goal and when we're starting the goal, then when we're, and when we're seeking external approval to start the goal and external approval of why we're doing the goal, then we will always modify for ourselves, kind of buffer for ourselves, our real reason why we want to do it. And we we can't go after a goal if we don't have a very clear reason why we're doing it. Because then anything and everything can distract us from the journey. Because we don't know why we're on that journey. So it's kind of like if you don't stand for any if you don't stand for anything you'll fall for everything that that sort of it's kind of the same um mentality here when when it comes to setting our goals if you don't know your reason why you're going after the goal then any reason why not to go after the goal will persuade you to not go after the goal and in order to know why we're going after the goal we have to be authentic to ourselves in why we're starting the goal and when we actually want to start the goal. And we can't do that if we're relying on an external approval or validation to say, yes, now is the time when it's acceptable to start your goal. Give me a reason why you want to start your goal now because now is when it's good to do it. So we're automatically, when we do that, we're starting off the goal and our journey towards the goal with a cycle of dishonesty. And it will only keep spinning into a larger and larger wheel of dishonesty as you know, we start to have distractions and people start questioning why we're going after the goal and we feel like we still have to try and validate it, but we don't even really know why we're going after it. So we start coming up with even more dishonest reasons why we're going after the goal. And um, as it becomes, it's as it starts to appear less and less socially acceptable to us, as more of our friends give up on their goals, then we start to become more dishonest with ourselves and them as to why we're going after the goal until eventually we just get so frustrated with the whole drama of it that we give up. And that's kind of what happens. So what I want to I want to offer you guys two th- questions to ask yourself if you're wanting to start a goal right now. Um to sort of give you a little bit more of a leverage point to start on this this quote unquote new year's resolution. 
Um, but what I want to call it is just a goal that we're choosing to start now. So two questions. Question number one, if it were not new, a new year or New Year's Eve, would I be setting this goal for myself? And after you answer that question, if it were not a new year or New Year's Eve, would I be setting this goal for myself? Go further and ask yourself this. If your answer was yes, I would be setting this for myself, even if it was not New Year's, a new year or New Year's Eve, then ask yourself, why did you wait until now to do it? And this isn't to slip into guilt or shame. What I, I just want you to genuinely ask yourself, why did I wait until now to do it? What was it that I was fearing? It's important to know this. We're not trying to guilt ourselves or shame ourselves for not having started by now, but it's important to know that fear. What was the fear that was holding you back before? And the reason it's important to know that is because when that comes up later, you need to be aware of where that fear comes from so that then you can clearly understand that fear and learn how to maneuver around it and work through it. So knowing why, if, if your answer was yes, I would have started this goal any other time of the year if it wasn't a new year or New Year's Eve, then ask yourself, why did you wait until now to do it? If your answer is no to the question of if it were not a new year or New Year's Eve, would I be setting this goal for myself? If your answer is no, then what I want you to ask yourself is, why am I feeling like I want to set this goal now then? Be really honest with yourself about that question. Without guilt or shame, Answer that question honestly for yourself and own your answers to these questions, my friends. We're not, we're not, again, I know it's so tempting for us to judge ourselves and wanted to slip into guilt and shame when we answer these questions, but we're doing this with an openness, with a compassion, with an honesty with ourselves. If you're struggling with this, guys, this is the kind of work that I do with people. So please reach out for some, for some help in starting your goals, because if you're already struggling with answering these questions and doing it without judging yourself you're really going to struggle with trying to get on your path to your journey in a way that you're going to succeed at staying on the journey. Because if you're starting off with judgment and guilt and shame, what you're doing is you're using resistance and willpower energy to try and get to this goal. And that kind of energy is not designed to get us to a specific goal. It's it's designed to get us away from something, but not to something. And we're wanting to get to something. That's why we create goals, because we want to get to something, not away from something. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Okay, so second question I want you to ask yourself after you answer this first question and then the sub-question that you answer, depending on if you answer yes or no. Second question. Who do I think will be the most proud of this goal that I am setting and who will be the most proud once I reach it? And then after you answer that for yourself, there, there's another question to ask yourself underneath that one. If the answer to this question was not you then I want you to ask yourself, why is it important for me that this person is proud of me? And how will I know when this person is proud of me? Be very specific. As specific as you can get. How will I know when this person is proud of me? And I am not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I think that it's important that, that another person be proud of our goal. And actually, I don't think it's important for another person to be proud of our goal. But if when you answer this question for yourself... It was another person that you feel would be the most proud of you. Then I want you to answer for yourself, why is it that it is important for this person to be proud of me? And how will I even know? And usually what, what you're gonna, the conclusion you're going to come to is that it's not actually important for this person to be proud of you. That's an illusion. And even if it still feels important for you that this person is proud of you, when you answer the second part of that sub-question what you're going to realize is that there's never really a way for you to know with 100% certainty that this person is proud of you, even if they tell you that they're proud of you. Because how many times in the past have we had someone tell us that they're proud of us, but we didn't feel proud of ourselves, so we didn't accept that pride. We didn't believe that the other person was actually proud of us because we didn't feel like we were worth being proud of. So answering this question actually gets you back to the point of recognizing that the most important person to be proud of your goal and reaching it is you. So I want you to get very clear on answering that question for yourself. And if it honestly is someone else, then I want you to spend some time looking at why it is that, that you are believing in this idea that this person's being proud of you is so important. 
And how would you even know when they are proud of you for sure? Really take the time to answer that for yourself. Now, if the answer to your question was you, that you would be the person that would be most proud of you setting this goal and reaching it, then I want you to ask yourself about this. How will I know when I am proud of me? What will that feel like? How will I look and talk to myself differently when I feel proud of myself? Really take the time to get specific on those answers. Take your time to get specific with those answers, my friend. It's really important. And here's why. I want you to try something crazy with those answers. I want you to start practicing offering to yourself that view of yourself, that way of talking to yourself now. Before you set the goal, before you reach it, Start seeing yourself and talking to yourself that way now, because I promise it will make all of the difference in how you approach this journey to your goal. My friend, it is the most important starting point for your journey to reach your goal. If that's hard for you, if that feels like a struggle to be able to start talking to yourself that way and see yourself that way, then my friends, what it is is there's a self-worth issue here. There's a self-image issue and there's a self-talk issue. And this is the kind of work that I work with people on. So please reach out. I'm here to help you. I'm not, I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel shame. I want to guide you into a space of love, compassion, and power to move forward towards your goals. So if you're struggling with this, reach out for help. That's what I'm here for. That's what I am, as a health and mindset coach, it's what I do to help people get to their healthiest life. Okay. So my friends, if you're ready to start a goal now, ready to do the New Year's resolution thing, then I want you to go through answering these questions for yourself. You can pause the episode here, go back and listen to the beginning, and really write down these questions and answer them for yourselves before you continue going on because we're about to move on to another topic. You can do that and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode later, or you can listen to all of this episode and then go back to the beginning and answer those questions for yourself. Okay? So, on to the, the topic of this episode, and actually in, in the title, where we're talking about stressorizing into the new year. This is a, a huge topic, so I'm going to brush over a lot of things here. It, it's going to probably feel a bit confusing and like information overload. And that's because I'm presenting a lot of ideas and a lot of information in a very quick summarized way. And what I recommend is... <laughs> Go back and listen to this episode multiple times, and when you're ready to take action on this, come to me. Ask me. I'm here to help you get clarity on all of this and take really small, actionable, loving steps towards this journey that we're about to discuss. My friends, hmm. in my 10 years... <laughs> My 10 years of working with people, actually 10 plus years of working with people and creating their healthiest life, I've noticed a trend, especially around New Year's, when people want to start living their healthiest life. Here's the trend that I noticed, and it serves none of us. Everyone wants to start with exercise. Why is that? I have I have a couple of thoughts, hypotheses, ideas surrounding this. And if if these thoughts, hypotheses, ideas resonate with you, if they land with you, if those feel like, yeah, that's actually the reason why I want to start with exercise, then I want you to really pay close attention here because there's a lot of food for thought in this episode for you. And even if they don't feel like they land for you, pay attention anyways because maybe it, it lands for you a little bit later in the episode when we really dive into the details of why this happens. Maybe the, the summary in the beginning doesn't really resonate with you, but it'll resonate later. So just focus in here, really feel into these ideas of why it is that we always want to start with exercise when we want to start living healthy. The first reason, I think, is because it feels like the quickest and easiest route to change. When we want to start living our healthiest life, we, we kind of feel like exercise is that quick magic bullet. Now, some people will want to reach for a diet, and we'll, we'll get to that later. We're going to talk about that later. But what I notice with the most people that I work with 
is that they don't want to look at diet. Usually people that want to look at diet first when they start a goal, it's because they've done this journey multiple times before and given up many times. And so they will get this first part of what I'm talking about, but then we'll get to the rest of it later. So if you're the person that's wanting to start with exercise, changing the reason why we don't usually want to go into diet the first time is because changing your diet is hard. People are very emotionally attached to their food. And if you want to go back to the episodes where I talk about urges and emotional eating, and even the, the one where I'm talking about um, you know guilt on, guilt on the holidays, gorging on guilt during the holidays, I talk a lot about our emotional attachment to food and where that comes from and why we have it. So go back and listen to those episodes to get some more clarity on this because I don't, I don't want to dive into those topics today. We would be on this episode for forever if I go into explaining those. So basically what you need to know is that people are very emotionally attached to foods. And the reason why is because of an old biological software program that's running in our brains that no longer serves us in the 20th and 21st century because food is everywhere. So go back and listen to that. But really what you need to know is that people are very emotionally attached. They are in love with their food. And so starting with diet sounds very scary to people for two reasons. Number one is because it feels hard to look at that. And number two is it feels uncomfortable and daunting because people are not aware of the mindset that's at work in why they are so emotionally attached to their food. And, and... They feel a lot of guilt and shame surrounding their eating habits. So that's the last place they want to look because they don't want to feel guilt and shame. And what I want to offer is there's a way to look at this without guilt and shame, and we're going to talk about that. But this is the reason why people always want to avoid looking at their eating habits in the beginning is because there's so much emotion attached to our eating habits, and we don't want to judge ourselves. And there is a way to look at our eating habits without judging ourselves. But most people don't want to look at the mindset behind their eating habits. Because then they feel like they have to admit that there's something wrong with their mind. And people are afraid of exploring that because they associate this with like psychology and admitting you have like some sort of mental disorder. So a lot of people are uncomfortable with, with looking at this. But here's what I want to offer you all. Guys, I'd say 95 to almost 100% of people on this planet have an eating disorder. They're just very good at disguising it. So if you feel shame at looking at your disordered eating because you're afraid that that will mean that you have to admit that you have an eating disorder, my friends, we all have them. We all do. It's just that the ones that get diagnosed and come into the light tend to be these, we see them as very extreme, and so we don't want to identify that with that. So we don't offer ourselves this ability to see that actually we have an eating disorder too, which is important to recognize, not because we need to feel guilty and we need to feel shame and we need to feel fear of that eating disorder to push ourselves into creating change. No, because honesty is important and we can do that from a space of, space of love and compassion. And that's always the beginning of a journey. And so my friends, get comfortable with that idea that, that we all have disordered eating patterns. You probably have an eating disorder. It might not be diagnosed in the DSM or by a psychologist as an eating disorder, but you have the same patterns there. They just haven't gotten to the point of extreme, maybe, where you would be diagnosed by a psychiatrist or psychologist with an eating disorder. But you have all of the same patterns there, the same inner workings. And if you don't look at them for long enough, they will eventually get more and more extreme until you are sitting in a psychiatrist's office being diagnosed with an eating disorder. So my friends, I'm telling you, avoiding looking at the mindset is not going to serve you. It's still there, and it's still going to keep spinning more and more out of control the longer you don't look at it. And another reason why we're, we're sort of avoiding it looking at our eating is because society teaches us to avoid looking at our thinking and emotions with buffers, like alcohol, television, sex, and food, <laughs> So we're not going to look at the, the eating because that's actually a tool for us to avoid the emotions that we're wanting to avoid by not looking at our eating. Does that make sense? But also, here's another interesting one. One of the buffers that people use to avoid looking at their emotions now is exercise. Exercise has become a buffer for people to avoid looking at the underlying cause of why they're wanting to make a change in the first place. And so if we start the change with exercise... We're really actually just using another buffer, just like food, to avoid looking 
at what is really going on here. Okay, so moving on, I want to go to reason number two why people, I think, start with exercise first. Exercise feels like the easiest thing to quit once it gets to that point of it's too hard, we reach that resistance point where our willpower is worn out, we don't want to feel guilt and shame anymore, we reach that resistance point, and you don't want to invest any more into it emotionally, so you just give up. And exercise feels like the easiest one to quit. And that's because there's so much shame and guilt around our eating patterns that the idea of trying to change that and possibly giving up means that we'll then create more guilt and shame, which we want to avoid. But with exercise, it feels easier to quit because there are so many number of socially acceptable reasons to quit. There's sickness. There's injury. There's, I don't have enough time in my busy schedule. But when we look at eating, well, you can't use injury, sickness, or too busy of a schedule because even with all of these excuses, well, you always have to eat. So you always have the option there to choose healthier foods. So we kind of subconsciously know that. So we avoid looking at the food because then if we quote unquote give up and fail, then we feel like we have to feel more guilt and shame. Whereas with exercise, we can always be like, oh, well, yeah, I had an injury, so I had to stop exercising because my doctor told me to. Or, yeah, I got sick, so I had to stop exercising because my doctor told me to. Or another one that a lot of people are very, like, I just have such a busy schedule with work. My work is, you know, and I have kids and I have all this stress. And so really exercising right now is, is it's just not, it's not going to fit into my schedule. And we've learned to socially accept that as an excuse. And... What I want to offer is, first of all, you don't have any, you don't need to have an excuse to not exercise. If you don't want to exercise, you don't exercise. But actually, I think most of us really know that on a, on a biological level, our body does want to move. But starting with exercise doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us. So I've gone through two, re- two big reasons why I think people choose to start with exercise. Now I want to talk to you about why it is that starting with exercise is actually the worst option to choose as your starting point to start living your healthiest life. Okay, so one of the biggest reasons is, is that people, when they think about living their healthiest life, what do we all seem to jump to? It's weight loss. Weight loss. Some people start exercise because they just want to be physically fit. But for a lot of people, it's weight loss. But either one of these options, here's what I want to offer. If your eating is disordered, if your mindset is disordered, the amount of exercise that you would need to do to burn off all of the quote-unquote calories that you eat, to undo all of the other unhealthy living habits that you have with sleep, stress and work, you know, watching too much television, it would, and, and also, of course, all the food that you're eating, it would need to be so much exercise that it's no longer healthy for your body. You're going to end up with overuse injuries in the muscles, joints, ligaments, tendons. Exercise has not ever been and will never be a solution for weight loss. Or if you haven't already done work on your mindset and disordered eating, it's not going to be a solution to get you more fit. Because, again, even in that case, the amount of exercise you would need to do would create distress within the body, would create injuries within the body. Because that's not how exercise is designed to work. Exercise is actually designed to provide what's called eustress on the body. Eustress. It's the positive stress. It's the stress that causes our body the stimulus to want to adapt in a positive way and grow. But when we're using exercise to overcome something, quote-unquote, negative, like disordered eating, disordered mindset, then the amount of exercise we have to do is no longer a eustress. It becomes distress, which we can then add to the pile of other distress that we have in in our life of the disordered eating, the disordered mindset, the stress that we have from work and an unmanaged life and mind. We're adding that onto the pile of that, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But here's the other thing. When we exercise that much and we create this distress in the body, what we're doing is actually sending a signal to the body that there's something really wrong with our environment that is causing us to need to exercise this much. 
Because our body interprets that as there must be something really wrong out there that we, we either need to get away from or we're trying to avoid or we're trying to build up and, and protect ourselves against. And eventually the body is going to be like, okay, I need to fight back or this person's going to kill us. And it will fight back with things like slowing down the metabolism so that you don't kill yourself with burning off too many calories because also with a lot of the disordered eating, our body is inefficient with being able to use the abundance of fat that we've stored that would be a great fuel source, but we can't get into it. And that's a whole nother episode we're going to talk about um, the proper way to eat to be able to actually access our energy stores. But anyways, so the body is going to start doing things to fight back when you exercise this much, such as slowing down the metabolism, creating injuries, creating major inflammation. We have mood disorders, sleep disruption that will come up. In women, your fertility cycle will get disrupted because your body is like, okay, this this person is no longer fit to have a child because they're in a lot of danger. Their body is very unhealthy right now. Their environment is very unhealthy. They don't need to be having a baby, so... I've seen so many women struggle with fertility issues because of over-exercising and too much stress in their life. And they're not honoring their hormone cycles. They're not honoring their bodies. They're just trying to hurry up and get away from the disgust that they feel towards their bodies. So, I want this also brings us to, I mentioned, unmanageable inflammation that can be caused by the distress of over-exercising. And... This brings me to, I want to talk about inflammation and stress. Because not only do we run into the issue that over-exercising will cause more inflammation and more stress on the body, but for the majority of us, we already have too much stress going on in our lives, which is causing a chronic low-grade inflammation in the body. Things like not sleeping properly. Things like watching too much television. Yes, blue screen light chronically in the eyes causes low-grade inflammation in the body. It's a stress signal to the body to always be staring at a screen, and this can cause chronic low-grade inflammation in the body and in the brain. Um, So we already have so much external stress going on from, from work, from family, from friends, from... and we're not managing our minds to know how to deal with that stress in a positive way to grow from it and turn that stress into eustress. And so we're in distress all of the time because of of these things. But there's also another sneaky form of stress and inflammation that we're not looking at that's not just mental or emotional stress and distress. And this is going to bring us to diet. Guys, so many of us do not recognize how the foods that we are eating create stress, and inflammation in our bodies. And I've discussed this with my Facebook group, and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the new year, um, diving more into the nutrition, because guys, nutrition is also a huge passion of mine. Um, so we'll talk about this more in the new year, about different foods and sort of what, what goes on, the body, on in the body when we eat them. But here's what you need to know especially my American followers, but guys, it's spreading all around the globe now, so it's not even just American followers anymore because the American diet has become the worldwide diet, and there are very few places in the world now that have not adopted the nutritional values and the scheme of the food pyramid that America came up with and spread throughout the world, and we're seeing now that as more and more countries and cultures adopt this way of eating, more and more people are becoming sick, and we're not looking at it. So guys, what I want you to recognize is that the foods that you are putting in your body are a source of inflammation and stress if you don't pay attention to the foods that you are eating, processed foods, processed sugars, processed meats. And that's not to say meats. Notice I said processed meats. There's a huge difference because I'm, I'm not vegan. I'm not a, against people that want to choose veganism. I don't personally put pe- people on a vegan diet. I don't adopt a vegan diet myself. So when I say processed meats, I want to be clear. I'm talking about things like, you know, sausages, packaged meats, like lunch meats that go on sandwiches, you know, things like this. If it doesn't look like it came off of an animal... <laughs> it's probably a processed meat. If it comes in a plastic casing, it's probably a processed meat. And these foods, processed meats, processed carbohydrates, sugars, processed oils, like processed vegetable oils, 
All of these cause such massive amounts of inflammation in our bodies that we are not looking at. And I don't want to dive into that yet because we still have a lot to talk about today. So again, I will talk more about these foods specifically in another podcast episode. But my friends, if you're looking at starting with exercise first, if you haven't looked at your diet more than likely your body is already in such a state of distress and inflammation that starting exercise is going to be extremely dangerous for you. Even if your doctor quote-unquote clears you for exercise, I promise you there's enough low-grade inflammation there going on if you haven't already managed your diet in a way to start reducing inflammation and eating healthy. There's more than likely in about 95% of the population or 80 to 95% of the population around the world, there's already too much inflammation and distress going on in the body from mental and emotional distress and the distress we're putting our, our bodies in with the foods that we're eating that starting exercise right now would be dangerous and unhealthy for your body. Because exercise causes inflammation. Because inflammation is supposed to be a signal for our body to heal. So it's not supposed to be going on all of the time. So when we exercise, the exercise is supposed to put enough stress on the muscles that it causes some inflammation, causes some damage, then the body comes in, recognizes that inflammation, and heals it, and grows the tissue to be stronger. That's how inflammation is supposed to work. But when we're constantly barraging our body with emotional distress and and then physical distress from the foods that we're eating, our body is constantly in a state of inflammation, and inflammation then no longer becomes a productive process, it becomes a process of damaging the body. And this is where autoimmune disorders start to develop, this is where so many of the diseases that we're starting to see in humans today begins, is with chronic inflammation. And my friends, we are creating it in ourselves. It's not just genetic. Don't believe that lie. A lot of us have the genetic predisposition to have chronic inflammation, but you have to put the physical stress there, the the stimulus in your life to then create the, the representation of those genetics as inflammation in the body. So even if you have the genetic predisposition for autoimmune disorders and inflammation, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to have them if you can manage your stress and your inflammation in a healthy way. And I think this is becoming abundantly clear as more and more of us are doing genetic testing and finding we have predispositions for a lot of illnesses that we don't actually have. And that's because we haven't created the external stimulus in our, in our bodies to create, to cause those genes to start manifesting these diseases. So you have to put in the stimulus for the disease to become active. So what I want to offer is that starting with exercise is not going to serve you because a lot of us are already in a state of chronic inflammation and distress. And exercise is a form of stress and inflammation. It's supposed to be positive, but when we're already in a state of chronic inflammation and stress, it's no longer a positive stimulus. Our body starts thinking something is very wrong, and it starts fighting itself trying to figure out what it is. Because it can't figure it out anymore externally. Because you're confusing the crap out of it with all of the negative self-talk and all of the food that you're putting in it and all of the exercise you're doing to beat yourself up for the food that you put in it. So your body's like, obviously there's total chaos out there, so I don't know what's going on out there, but what I can do is start managing what's going on in here and what I recognize in here is that there's a ton of inflammation and a ton of stress, so let's just start attacking everything and figure out what works. Cue the inflammatory autoimmune diseases. (laughs) So, my friends... It is important before starting exercise that you've also managed your eating habits. But most people don't want to do that because, as I said, it's too difficult for people to start with looking at their eating habits. And this is because, well, number one, most of us have tried changing our eating habits before, and it didn't work. And that's because, just like exercise, dieting is not designed to get you healthy. Let me repeat that. Dieting, your diet, was never a way to manage your weight and to, quote-unquote, be fit and healthy. Now, is dieting an important part of maintaining a healthy weight? Yes, but so is sleep and exercise and emotional health. 
And there, look, I just said exercise. So you're like, see, I have to start with exercise. No, no, my friend. No, 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 no. Because you can't exercise until your diet is proper enough that your body is not in a chronic state of stress and inflammation. Otherwise, the exercise just creates more stress and inflammation. So the diet needs to be on point first before we start exercise. But you also can't start with the diet. And the reason why is because the reason why you started eating in a disordered way in the first place hasn't been dealt with. You haven't looked at the emotional health and the mindset. You see, emotional health is a very powerful component to our body being able to maintain a healthy weight. And in order to create emotional health, guess what we need to look at? Mindset. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our self-image, and most importantly, our self-talk. So if we immediately jump into trying to change exercise... We're just causing more stress in the body, more inflammation. If we immediately jump into trying to change the foods, we haven't dealt with the underlying mindset that got us to the disordered eating in the first place. So what are our reasons for making the change in diet if we don't look at the mindset first? And the truth is that until we take a look at the mindset, we don't even know why we're wanting to change the way that we're eating. Or if we do know why, usually it's from a space of judgment, disgust, and wanting to just hurry up and get away from where our body currently is. Because we're so uncomfortable with dealing with the feelings and and the thoughts and the beliefs that are there and that got us here in the first place, and we just want to hurry up and get away from them. But when we do that, we're using resistance energy. We're using hate. And my friends... I have said this a million times in so many different podcast episodes and in everything that I've written on social media and in videos that I've made. My friends, you cannot hate yourself to health. It never works. It never will. No matter how many ways you try it, you cannot hate yourself to health. So stop thinking you can do that. And if you're using resistance energy on your journey to health, you are using hate to fuel your journey and it will not get you to health. I promise, no matter how long you can resist and no matter how much willpower you have, congratulations on having that willpower. You're still trying to hate yourself to health and you won't get there. If there even is a there. <laughs> because that's, there's, there, truly, a, a journey to the healthiest life is always a journey. We're always finding ways to love our, ourselves and our lives more and grow more in that. But that's beside the point. So, If you're trying to change your eating habits from this energy of trying to hurry up and get away from the body or the feelings of guilt and shame that you're feeling about your disordered eating or the way your body looks, if you're using that, it's not going to work. We need to learn first to love our bodies and be comfortable with where we are before we can start making change. And... This is because if we don't, again, we're using willpower and we're just trying to hurry away from from unhappiness as fast as we can, thinking that if we hurry away from unhappiness, where we'll end up is happiness. But we missed out on something super important here because we're resisting the responsibility and understanding of why we began eating in the way that didn't serve our bodies to begin with. And we avoid this because, again, we don't want to slip into guilt and shame, but there's another way we can do this looking at why we are where we are with compassion and love. Otherwise, what we try to do is run away from our current location, but we don't have an end location in mind, so we don't ever get to where we want to go because we don't even know where we want to go. But here's the other important part, my friends. Have you ever tried to use a GPS and put in an end destination without putting in a beginning destination? (laughs) Like, really, try using Google Maps and don't put in a beginning destination and don't allow it to use location services to locate where you are and see if it can give you directions on where you want to go. You'll get an error. Because you know why? Google Maps can't tell you how to get to where you want to go if it doesn't know where you are. So why do we believe that we can get to where we want to go if we don't know where we are? And how do we get to know where we are? Mindset. Jumping into the thoughts, beliefs, our self-talk, our self-image, and our self-love, and owning with the most love and compassion exactly where we are right now. If that seems like a daunting task for you, if it seems like something you would have no idea where to start working on that, that's what I'm here to help you with. 
That's why I am a mindset and health coach. Because without the mindset, all the rest of it is not, not going, you're not going to follow through on it. Because you don't even know why you're doing it in the first place. You don't even know why you are where you are in the first place to want to, to change where you are. Do you see what I'm saying? This is why the mindset work has to come first, before the diet, before the exercise. And I know society teaches just to hurry up and make an external change and get away from that discomfort, but really what you're seeking is immediate gratification. You're seeking pleasure, thinking you're going to find happiness, and that doesn't work. It's the same thing I talked about when I talked about the the gorging on guilt for the holidays or our urges. Some of us, we really struggle with understanding the difference between pleasure and happiness. Happiness is not an immediate relief. It is not a getting away from something. So if you feel like the reason why you're wanting to make a change is to get away from something, if you feel like once you make the change, you're going to feel relief, and what you think you're going to get is happiness, you're not going to find happiness on the other side, my friend. You're going to find immediate gratification and some pleasure, and it will disappear very quickly, once you realized you skipped over the most essential part of your journey, which was the self-image, the self-love, and the compassion of knowing exactly where you are and owning that with love before trying to change where you are. It's such the most important part of your journey, and we skip right over it. And then we wonder why we end up back in the same place every time. Mindset work through self-awareness, self-love, allows us to find out our exact beginning location with the most accuracy, and we can do it with love and compassion. And then from there, we can actually know where we authentically want to go, not where someone else wants us to go, or where we think society tells us we should be going. We can know where we authentically want to go, and we have two very clear pinpoints on a map Then we can start creating our journey, my friends. And we can do it with love. We can do it with patience, understanding, and compassion. But when you skip the mindset work, my friends, what you're doing is rushing to get away from where you are. And just like I talked about in a post that I made from my Facebook group group earlier this week, it's like in a horror movie. When you see the person trying to run away from a monster, and they're running full speed ahead and looking behind them at the monster trying to get away from it, and they always end up running to a hole, a wall, a pole, tripping on something and falling, and then the monster catches up. Because they're looking behind them at what they're trying to get away from. Because they don't know what they're running towards. Because they don't know themselves. And the reason they don't know themselves is because they don't know how to understand themselves and look at it all with love and compassion and have a positive self-image. And from there, that's where we find the location of where we want to be because we know ourselves, we know what we truly want, and we know where we are, so we know how to get there. I talked about a lot here, my friends, and I know this is going to feel very overwhelming, and it's supposed to. Because, my friends, this is a a huge, beautiful journey if you're looking at going on this journey. So if you are wanting to start living your healthiest life in this new year, if all of this lands with you and you just are like, this sounds like me and I really want to do this the, I want to do this the way that's going to serve me this time. Where I'm going to have my back and support myself the whole way through this journey. If that sounds like you, I want to encourage you to reach out. It doesn't have to be me, although I would love to work with you. I would love it so much. Find a coach, though. Find a health and mindset coach that you trust. I would love to be it. But if it's not me, find one you trust. Reach out for the guidance, the hand, the help to help you start with finding who you are and how to love that person with the most openness and compassion before you start trying to jump into running away from something. Because if you're running away, you have no idea where you're going, and you have no idea really where you started. So release this desire for the external change to be the starting point. Because if you have an authentic goal or want, then it starts with the internal work, my friends. It starts with the internal work, always. 
This is why we have so many people that are struggling and suffering with why it is that they can't take their ideas of living this healthy life that they they picture themselves living in. It's because we're all starting from the wrong space. And not only are we starting from the wrong space, we don't even know where we're starting because we, we're not willing to get clear on that. And then we don't even know where we're going because we're unwilling to get clear on that too because it requires for us to take a look at ourselves and to know ourselves fully first. So, my friends, New Year is here. If you're ready to start a resolution, if you're ready to start on a goal, or if you decide, no, I'm not doing it this time on the New Year, I applaud you for that. That could also be your goal. To wait until you have you find your authentic want before you start on a goal. And my friends, I'm here to help you find that too. If you are struggling to find your authentic want, this is part of the work that I do with people. Because a lot of times when people come to me with a want, the first work we end up doing is realizing that the want wasn't actually their want, it was someone else's in the first place. So find your authentic want. If you want help on this journey, if you want to do it from a space of non-judgment and love this time, I'm here to help you. Okay? You can reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or my website. The details for all of those are going to be at the end of this podcast, so listen up, write down those details, and then you can find me online and reach out. You can send me a message. You can send me an email. Um, Just let me know. Hey, Seth, I listened to your podcast. I'd love to, to get some more insight into this topic. I, I'm wanting to make some changes. How, how, can, how can I start this journey? And maybe it ends up being that we work together. Maybe it ends up being that I just point you in a direction or point you to another person that, can, that I think could really help you. But just reach out and ask for that help. That's what I'm here for. Okay? Let's talk about how we can get you on the path to your most authentic, fulfilling, and healthiest life. I'm excited to see you all do it. I love you all. Have a wonderful start to your new year. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content of this podcast today. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, please visit www.slch.ch for more. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on Instagram at sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that's sethlusk underscore coaching. Or on Facebook and my Facebook community that's called Health Connection Corner. One last time, that Facebook group is called Health Connection Corner. It's free to join. You just have to answer three membership questions to become a part of the community there. And we would love to have you. I want to thank you again for listening. I look forward to our next time together. Have a wonderful and health-filled day. Ciao.